Welcome back to the 123 Show with me, Noreen Mayer, this Wednesday afternoon. And I'm super excited to welcome back to the studio, Cruzy McCalligan, uh, back for our midweek audio column. Cruz, it's great to see you. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Yes, I'm doing well, thank you. So I'm just trying to look for my phone, which has disappeared. I'm supposed to set you up on the Facebook Live. That's all right. No, 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 no. We'll, we'll get to that. Oh, I think it's because we took the photo uh, with our guests. Uh, I can describe myself. Yeah. I am a um, Caucasian woman of medium build. <laughs> I'll be very generous <laughs> with ginger hair. And I am sat in front of a microphone in the RTHK Radio 3 studio. And today we are going to be talking about talking on the phone specifically. That's a really good topic yeah so um it's a so, lost art it really yeah, is Yeah, i think it is i think it is and i think people don't do it as much as they used to if at all anymore and i was reading an article recently about a woman who vowed try to not text for two weeks and she was in her mid-20s in the uk and she said i'm not going to text for two weeks i'm just going to make phone calls which was um sounded like oh yeah that sounds like a totally reasonable thing and then she said she's also dating so it was the fact that she couldn't text a date she'd have to call a date and that made my blood run cold because i imagined what that would feel like to have to text a date um can you imagine who does that anymore? Nobody does that. I mean, I wish they did, because I think it would create a more genuine connection between human beings. No, talking on the phone is just really a lost art. We were just talking about it before the program started, that people are just so used to texting that suddenly when you have to call somebody, you have to schedule in when to call that exactly. person. And you have to kind of give them a heads up, like, I'm going to give you a call now. Up. I have someone that I once said to, hey, I'm just going to give you a call to discuss this. And then they immediately called me because they said, I actually hate anticipating a phone call. So they called <laughs> me to jump ahead. Um, but it, I think we have become advanced first to just picking up a phone and talking to someone and I think I want to talk about that a little bit today because I think that there is um, people are starting to have like telephonophobia uh, telephobia rather um, where we just don't want to do that and I find in my work I often pick up a phone to clarify things or to connect with someone or to have a proper conversation with someone about something because you cannot get nuance in a text message. You cannot get nuance in an Instagram caption. You cannot get nuance in all of these sorts of ways that we're communicating today. And people need to talk. They need to talk with their voices. And mm, this is preaching to the converted because we're on radio. So voice is obviously a big thing. But I wanted to talk a little bit about some of the things that might happen if you started talking on the phone more, because there are quite a few benefits for the for starting. For starters, you could get a lot more exercise. So when talking, um, talking on the phone, people tend to, I, I don't know if you do this, I definitely do this. I'm always walking around if I'm talking on the phone, <laughs> even if in my house, I'll pace around. I don't tend to stand on the phone. We have to move. And apparently, um, you know, and even if you are forced to sit down on the phone, you, t you might spin in your chair, you might bounce around, you might doodle. Um, voice to voice communication is really stimulating. And without visual cues, our bodies want to talk. We're, 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 we're moving physical beings. Yep. And so if you compare this energizing effect with the energy draining exercise of texting, which closes a person down as they hunch over a phone and they struggle to communicate, like we, it's good to take a walk and have a talk. It's a really beneficial thing. The next thing is if you call someone, you can probably be guaranteed that your message will be received. So uh, Google, um, you know, like we know that, you know, you can see if an email has been delivered. You can see your little blue ticks if WhatsApp, you know, if someone's read your message. But um, does that really mean that the message you were conveying was properly received by someone and understood by someone and I don't think it does it doesn't in most of the time as anyone who's analyzed a text from an ex-boyfriend will attest you you can totally psychoanalyze 
a text message whereas in a conversation you probably get we get a gut instinct of how someone feels about something so there's something to be said for that with with the phone it makes things a lot clearer and a lot um, faster to clarify things and that clarity is really really important because voice and face-to-face communication is loaded with tons of emotional cues that give context to someone's words so if you really want to check in with someone there's no better way for doing this than picking up a phone um, of course, there's other things that you can learn about this. It um it can actually it it can help stimulate a whole different suite of cognitive functions in your mind. So we process information differently when it's verbal, when it's told to us verbally. And hearing yourself talk out loud can provide a whole new perspective on something. So you don't really know how great an idea is until you've said it out loud in the same way you probably don't know how rubbish an idea is unless you've said it out loud to somebody else. Um, they've also found that listening to the pitch of someone's voice on a phone having a phone conversation makes you a better negotiator because you can gauge how honest reliable and engaged the speaker is Um, the voice itself is a medium that communicates valuable emotional information and so when nuances really matter when it really gets down to that you have to convey something clearly there isn't really any like secondary thing from being firstly you being present with someone um, and being in connected with someone to talk to someone in person but if you can do it on the phone as well now I want to mention of course that we can't discount we can't discount the um, there are plenty of situations in which text or email is plainly preferable um, in a professional capacity um, or in an availability capacity like you can't just call someone at 2 a.m. for example or something like that um, and of course for people with hearing impairments or other disabilities phone calls are difficult you can't pick up a phone um, specifically so texting is this incredible innovation that allows people to communicate in ways they never have before having said that I know quite a few of the hearing impaired people that I know and the deaf people I know Hard choose to FaceTime. Yes. They like to they like to they like to use um FaceTime, of course, because again, you want that extra level of human connection, right? So there's all these different things about um, phones. Conflicts are apparently more hostile via text, and I can think that that's probably true. You know, like someone just saying okay, full stop. I it's mean, it's a bit blunt. It's a bit blunt. I mean, I think if you said it in person, like okay. okay. Like you, you know what I mean? It's it's just saying the same thing. It just doesn't sound as harsh. So apparently, you know, eighty percent of human com- communication is nonverbal, and during te- uh, texting, we cannot see the other pe- person's face, we cannot hear their tone of voice, we cannot observe their physical posture or their mannerisms. So the information transmission really, really breaks down. And they have said that texting is a super easy, super fast way to escalate drama, which it is. And actually, I think um, it takes a lot of takes a lot of courage in the moment in a text argument to pick up a phone and be like this is ridiculous I'm just going to call this person and talk about it and I think if we did that with email exchanges or anything it, it, it really changes things. it would yeah. de-escalate things definitely anyone who's been in a long passive aggressive email chain can tell you please someone pick up the phone and solve this right and they also say that phone calls can strengthen your connection in new relationships so even though texting is quicker and more convenient it can create a stale and monotone dialect between partners hey how are you yeah I'm good thanks how are you good thanks how's your day good like of course I mean that sounds like a lot of the conversations I have with my husband in person but the point is that I think that it does there is something else to talking on the phone and I remember like being a child and like coming home from school and like calling my friend and like sitting on the phone to my friend 
Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like someone would call your house and be like, you know, and you don't know who it is. So because because they yeah, you don't know who ID. it is. It's like someone's there, and there was like, and I think now, I mean, I get so many spam calls a day. Yes, do you get those? I, I get do. so many oh. marketing calls a day, and I hate to admit this, but every time a number flashes up on my phone, you that wish looks it was like a it's not a spam <laughs> phone. I get this little like tingle of like. Like, you know, serotonin of like, oh, like dopamine reward center. Like it could be something good. You know what I mean? Um, But like the reality is a lot of us, if someone's calling us who doesn't usually call us, we think something terrible has happened and that it's a, hello, why are you calling me? Hi. Yeah, it's me. What's happened? You know, whereas I, so I think there's something to be said about, you know, there's like a bit of human connection to talk to talk over the phone. Um, I do also think that um, people, um, you know, in 2017, Wired magazine said that the phone call was poised for a comeback, but it hasn't quite materialized. I still don't think people are really calling. But they. But the reason I really wanted to talk about this today is because in the age of COVID-19 and people being under house arrest and people not being able to, you know, that actually people have craved phone calls. And I remember in the first couple of weeks that in, you know, at the height of it, even in Hong Kong, when a lot of us were trying to stay home and stay away from things, we weren't quarantined, but we were staying home and away from things. I was talking, I was picking up the phone every morning and chatting to friends around the world who were stuck at home. Mm. I could have just sat and WhatsApped them and said, hey, how are you doing? But it was so nice because everyone felt like, well, you know where I am. You know I'm at home. You know I'm probably available. I can't do anything else. So it was really nice because I think now we have a perception that we're interrupting someone. And I always feel that because I would always prefer to pick up a phone and call someone. But I think I have this perception that... In case they're busy. In case they're busy, I'm going to disturb them. I'm going to bother them. But they probably have the same longing as you. And they just want to have that that serotonin rush. (laughs) Oh, it's crazy. That was what this article was about with this woman who'd left it. And it was very funny. And she sort of said um, she was just... The the hardest part for her was having to call someone that she was about to go on a date with for the first time and being like, I can't text him. He's like, oh, we should probably continue this on WhatsApp to arrange things. And she said... She's like, I had to call him because I told myself, I made this promise that I wasn't going to text. So she had to call him and said, oh, no, I'm no, I'm no, I'm texting. My texting app is broken or something. I should have to make an excuse. Whereas once upon a time, you know, I mean, what would have happened? Someone would have said, can I get your number? And then called you. Exactly. And it would have been, it wouldn't have been weird. What beautiful times they were. But I can see the generational gap because I, I even know... You know, when I see my parents, when it comes to them having to call somebody they've never spoken to before, they just do it. Yeah. It's like, oh, I need to call this person. Just give me their number. I'll just call them. And I think for for so many of us, yeah. you know, even myself, and I am I am a proud phoner, <laughs> like that. I think I do have that anxiety of I don't know if I can do this call. Like, am I going to be interrupting them? How will they portray me? How will I come across? You get so really self-conscious. So many questions to just be like, "Hi, are you available at two p.m. to come to, and fix the broken the pipe?" And yeah, you know what I mean. Which is bizarre. So I think this is a kind of a, a thing that I've, you know, and then the other thing they say is that communicating through a call is much more authentic than texting, which I also agree with. I think it's much, much, much more authentic than texting. I think the fact is that, you know, um, I've been on calls before where I'm very, you know, we construct a text message, we construct an email, you have the time to write it out and, you know, and you don't always get a sense of who someone is at all, actually. It's very often. And I mean, emojis have helped somewhat right in that in that to soften the yeah. soften the messaging but you don't get a sense of who somebody really is and i think um we're all a bit worried about how we come across all the time um 
But interestingly, so the, the by um, it was only in in 2014 that texting had become more common for calling for um, all Americans under the age of 50. So it's not even it's also like it's leeching into the older generations who used to be bolder with picking up the receiver. And even they are feeling like, oh, I'll just I'll just text. And, you know, it's so funny because we joke about how our parents generation or our grandparents generation, like we want to get them onto a. We want to get them on WhatsApp yeah. and we want to get them on Facebook. Just just message me. Don't call me. And so but now they're kind of starting to do it. And actually, it's we're losing something. I think you're right. My mom resisted WhatsApp for the longest time. And she only recently got WhatsApp. I say recently about a year ago. And now she replies with emojis. I'm like, yeah. how did you go from not yeah. wanting to be on instant messaging to, to now replying just in pure emojis? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And oh, no. and it's a shame because actually there should be something. I, I miss words. <laughs> Absolutely. And, 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 and you can, yeah, I miss words. And they say, you know, I, I, someone I was reading about these articles about these people who've given up, tried to give up texting for a certain period of time. And, and someone said, you know, I was really determined to rekindle the energy of live conversation. I wanted to crack a joke and hear someone laugh. And I was like, that's so true, because there is, there's a big difference between saying something funny and having someone go, like, chuckling. And you can hear someone smile, yeah. right? You can hear a on smile the on the phone. Just, you can hear a smile <laughs> exactly. on the phone, as opposed to just someone just writing lols. You know, like, it's, <laughs> ha, ha, ha. It's not, it's not quite the same. Now, how do we combat it, Noreen? How do we combat telephobia? Well... Um, they say the most effective way to combat phone anxiety is unfortunately to suffer through some time on the phone. Um, exposure therapy, essentially. The more you do it, the less daunting it will seem. Um, so uh, they basically say approach the phone with a technique called cognitive restructuring. Strategically alter the way that you think about the call. So if your concern is about uh, the call being too much of a bother, for example, you might think things like, well, why would they answer the phone if they weren't able to talk? If it's going to be too much of a bother, they won't answer the phone, right? Um, he said, if you're worried about stumbling over your words, try to put the mistake into context ahead of time. You're not the only person that that person's going to talk to in the whole day, you'd hope, right? Otherwise, it's very sad for that person. So, you know, they're not, you know, it's it's nothing. It's a blip to somebody else to hear someone fumble over their words because they're likely to do it with someone else too. Um, so they say just like, you know, just think about those things. Just take it hour by hour. And they said, you know, when you start reaching out and you start calling people more, you can actually sort the weed from the chaff in terms of who in your life may be a closeted phoner who may actually be someone who can't wait to chat on the phone. Um, but I do think it's, it is it is a really funny thing because it, it does create this sense of um, enforced importance, I guess, that we people think they're too important, that you can't just pick up a phone and call them you need to give them prep time you need to give them a sense of context and what i'm going to call you about and prepare it all and we're kind of losing a little bit of that spontaneity of human interaction spontaneity, exactly you know what i mean yes. like i think it's um i think it's and i think i have a belief that we're going through as a culture um an epidemic of self-consciousness and i think people are so self-conscious we're all always self-conscious we're always self-conscious to say the wrong thing we're always self-conscious to come across in the wrong way to stand out too much to not stand out enough so i think that that this is something that's leaking its way into our phone calls. I'm getting a little bit high highbrow on this. <laughs> like, I'm really passionate about this. I've been playing phone tag with someone for two weeks <laughs> to get just get on the phone to talk about something. And I can I I I, I empathize. It's I so imagine this person must what? be having such a hard time just picking up the phone and calling me back. Yeah. And I'm saying on radio, you can call me back. Yeah. It's okay. Um, the phone is ringing right now in the studio. Oh, is it really? But, but I can't pick it up <laughs> because can't. I'm live on air. <laughs> so whoever's ringing, thank you for ringing yes. us. Um, 
But yeah, so I think I think that's the thing. And and there is a cultural thing. There is a cultural thing about uh, talking on the phone. Um, in Indonesia, the average person sends 100 text messages a day because <laughs> they, they're just less comfortable yeah. making calls. Um, but I also think, you know, that there's, there's... I think the biggest thing is a fear of rejection and there is no culture in the world that embraces rejection. Nobody likes to be rejected. No human being likes to be rejected. But I think the fact is that just start small pick up a phone try an alternative um you know i know it's difficult we don't even have to order a pizza on a phone today but just um i think we shouldn't lose this i think with all the advances we have we shouldn't lose phone calls yeah have you got a phone quote for us i don't have any phone quotes for you because people just but you know the only ones i could find were people talking about like you know when that call comes and i was like yeah (laughs) when that call comes that positive call comes that's a great segment uh cruz i can't thank you enough i will pick up the phone and be booking more guests and, and i won't just be emailing them exactly <laughs> thank you so much cruzy mccalligan for your sharing uh, this week on phone calls and back again next week thank you very much